You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. At its source, I believe it's it's about it's not about a, a lone hero who does something revolutionary on our behalf. It's a call to participate with others in a community of of healing justice. Welcome to the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 318. I want to say a special thank you uh, to each one of you out there for tuning in this week. Hopefully, during this coronavirus pandemic, you are out there washing your hands, and you're practicing your social distancing, and you're doing all that you possibly can just to stay well, to stay healthy, or if you are sick, just to... to, uh, 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 do what you need to do uh, to get better quickly and to not spread that to anyone else. Um, uh, I just wish every one of you just healing and light and life and uh, together as a community, we're going to get through this. Our title this week is ironically a community of healing justice. And our feature text is Matthew 26, 64. You've said so, Jesus replied, but I say to all of you from now on, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of the mighty one and come on the clouds of heaven. This curious passage in Matthew's gospel, it's almost a direct quote from the apocalyptic book of Daniel. And let's unpack that a little bit. The gospel authors repeatedly use a title to refer to Jesus, and that title is the Son of Man, or more uh, modern translations will say the Son of Humanity. And they they use it more than 81 times in the four canonical uh, gospels, the four canonical versions of the Jesus story that we have. It's the only phrase the gospel authors used anywhere near as much as they use the phrase the kingdom. And what could this phrase have possibly meant to this early Jesus community? Again, I believe the meaning is tied uh, to the book of Daniel, specifically Daniel 7, 13, where verse 13 and 14, it says, As I watched in the night visions, I saw one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven, and he came to the ancient one and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion, glory, kingship, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. In Daniel, this phrase, son of man, it applies not only to an individual, but also to a community founded around the teachings, or or at least founded around this individual. Notice in verse 27 of the same chapter, Daniel chapter 7, verse 27, the kingship and dominion and greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the holy ones of the Most High. Their kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom. So son of, uh, if we just break it apart, there for a moment, that phrase son of man. The son of part is a a, a Semitic idiom meaning of or pertaining to uh, the following genus or species. And the son of man, it could therefore be translated as the offspring 
of this man. And as a, 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 I like to think of it as a beloved community that emerges from that person. And I, and I prefer this interpretation myself. Communities have much more power than heroes do. If you have a few moments, go back through the gospel stories and reread all the times that they use the phrase son of man and try to understand it in collective terms rather than individualistic, rather than it being just about Jesus. Look at it as, try to interpret it as being about the community that was centered around the teachings of Jesus and in each time and what Jesus is saying. And in other words, look at this phrase, not as the gospel authors talking about Jesus in isolation, but as them describing Jesus and the community organized around his teachings. It's it's not Jesus or the community, but Jesus and the community, the Son of Man and the people of the Holy Ones of the Most High, to cross-reference Daniel 7, 27, to use that kind of language. The gospel authors referred to the coming of the Son of Man, uh, too. And consider the opening passage in, in, in that we looked at in the very beginning, in Matthew 26, 64. You have said so, Jesus replied, but I say to all of you from now on, you will see the Son of Man and think of the community uh, sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Here, Jesus isn't talking about some event in the future on literal clouds. He's quoting Daniel 7 and saying, whatever it is that Daniel was referring to in verse 13 of chapter 7, that's taking place right now before your eyes. This Son of Man, and the community that that overcomes these predatory beasts of of empire and violence in Daniel 7. Jesus says they'll see this community doing such from now on. And now how does this apply to us today? The predatory animal nature of the established empire the status quo, the establishment, however you want to refer to it, ended up crucifying Jesus. And this seems to be the common story thread in history each time justice movements threaten the establishment. But but one of the reasons that I still love the Jesus story is that this story doesn't end with just yet another crucifixion. It ends rather with an overcoming of the elite's efforts to stop the Jesus revolution. The resurrection event, it brings hope back into the community. The teachings of their Jesus will now live on in them. And Jesus's alternative vision for for human community that was, remember, rooted in distributive justice, it will now live on in, in them. And today... As has often been the case throughout history, the establishment is still trying to squelch change. Justice work still meets setbacks every day. And, and it makes me, it reminds me of the, uh, it makes me remember the words of, the radical words of, of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. In, in his book, The Trumpet of Conscience. It's, it's quoted in The Radical King by Dr. Cornell West, page 215. King wrote, these are revolutionary times. All over the globe, people are revolting against old systems of exploitation and oppression. The shirtless and barefoot people of the land are rising up as never before. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. We in the West must support these revolutions. It is a sad fact that because of comfort, complacency, and a morbid fear of communism that are proneness to adjust to injustice, the Western nations that initiated so much 
much of the revolutionary spirit of the modern world have now become the arc anti-revolutionaries. Chad Myers, he also writes of how afraid the inhabitants of the, the regions of the Gerasenes were of the liberative changes that Jesus represented and how he brought to them, how they began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. That story's in Mark 5, 17. And notice these words, whether personal or political, liberation has a cost and there will always be those unwilling to risk it. That's from Meyer's book, Say to This Mountain, Mark's Story of Discipleship, page 60. When liberation comes to uh, the region of the Gerasenes or, the, or to their region, the inhabitants there in the story of, of Mark 5, they plead for it to depart, to leave, and they choose instead to return to how things had been up to that point. The risks of change they were too great, especially under the Roman imperial rule, calling for change or revolution or even reformation. It also meant risking the real possibility of a, of a violent, deathly, uh, lethal retribution from Rome. Rome's heavy hand toward any hint of uprising or movement toward change showed extreme intolerance for such activity, especially along the marginal regions of its territory. So so I can understand why, why those of the, the the region of the Gerasenes, they 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 weren't they weren't just simply not they weren't just reluctant reluctant the, they also expressed this strong opposition to Jesus even being in their region they basically kicked him out followers of this Jesus they're also invited to be part of this distributively just way of organizing human society. We're invited to display what a world changed by the ethics of love, of compassion, of connectedness, and distributive justice, what a world changed by those ethics could look like. And, and we're called to do it in the here and in the now. And yet countless Christians today don't even recognize when modern calls for change, how those movements echo the values of the Jesus story. We talked about this in, in last week when change feels too risky. But when we fail to recognize the resonance between the Jesus story and modern change movements, Christians become supporters of the, the status quo instead. They become the real-life opposers of the societal changes the Jesus story actually calls for. And we too often spiritualize the teachings of Jesus rather than allowing them to challenge our political, economic, and societal systems. We we make the mistake of uh, 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 we, we, we mistakenly believe Jesus' teachings were about gaining some post-mortem bliss in a future heavenly realm rather than about bringing liberation from oppression in the here and in the now. Uh, check out Luke 4, 18 through 19, and, and hold that in your mind as you read that. The, the, the bringing liberation from oppression in the here and now, uh, the, the early growing Christian movement uh, was all about that. And, and after being met with repeated failure, after failure after failure, I think they chose a more spiritualized application to Jesus' teachings. They gave up hope for, for present change, and they began focusing apocalyptically on, on change at some distant point in the, the future. Nonetheless, uh, the gospel authors 
saw Jesus's teachings as still speaking of a new way to organize human life together now. This community, it wasn't about Jesus doing it all for them. It was about their participation in Jesus's vision for human community. Again, our text, Matthew 26, 64, and Daniel 7, 13, 14, and verse 27, Jesus's teachings in the Sermon on the Mount and scattered throughout each of the Gospels, it describes the values of this new community. And the Gospel authors believe Jesus had, had given us a way, therefore, to, to heal our world. Today, there, there's still a lot of work to do. Our world is, is right where we belong. This is our home. We're not to look for ways to escape it. We're to dig in. Uh, we're called to, to display what a world characterized by love and connectedness and compassion and distributive justice, what, what that could look like. We're called to recognize where this is already happening around us and, and to stand in solidarity with those that are already doing it, whether they're working or, or whether they themselves are, are Christian or not. We're called to humbly learn from those who have been applying these values longer than we may personally have been. And we're called to learn from their experiences and their stories. Lastly, we're called to invite those who may not be participating in Jesus's world healing work to journey alongside with us. The title, Son of Man, it held much meaning for the gospel authors. And at its source, I believe it's it's about it's not about a, a lone hero who does something revolutionary on our behalf. It's a call to participate with others in a community of of healing justice. Heart group application this week. Where are you witnessing the kind of community mentioned above? Where, where, where do you see it already happening? And discuss that with your group. Number two, how can your heart group stand in solidarity with those where this is happening, whether the community, again, is Christian or not? And how can your heart group posture itself to humbly learn from communities such as these who've been applying these values longer than we, we personally have? And then number three, what actions can your heart group take to invite those that are not participating in Jesus's world healing work uh, to this journey alongside of us. Make a list of what those actions may be and then pick something from that list and, and put it into practice this week. Thanks for checking in with us right where you are. Keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working towards justice. Please stay well. Another world is possible if we choose it. I love each one of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.